Brian Breaker. Your little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Dude. You're just a bitch with this phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound. is episode 449 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Of course, I am Brian Breaker, being joined, as always, uh, by Big Underscore Bane. We're a little late this week, man. A little bit late. That's okay. Who it's cares? okay. It's still Sunday. Yep. We're actually recording on a Sunday, so this will go up today. Yeah, we're live, pal. We're live, pal. Um, it's uh, it's going to be fun. This is, so, you know, what people, I think most, everyone's heard my work schedule's kind of off, and, you know, at times, like, we've done like oh well, let's record on tuesday but then you're five days out and it's miss a lot of stuff well i mean and news could change by that point oh yeah you know like we could have like for instance this week we could have went on this huge rant and then find out it's all work but yeah you know who knows yeah um but so we, we kind of made the decision like let's just wait and do it sunday and then it'll go up a little bit late but it'll be fine yeah a lot of news today obviously if we get to it all we'll talk a little bit of movies we got some toy talk um <clears throat> but we got an insane amount of wrestling news so I say, why not? Let's not waste time. Let's just uh, let's just dive into it here. Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them bang energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. So, Big Underscore Bane, this was... Um, as far as news, this is probably one of the biggest episodes we've had in a while, right? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, this is bigger than Vince retiring, I think. Like, as big as that was, like, seemingly at the time. Like, yeah. This is, like, crazy. So, obviously, people know this story, so I don't feel like I'm having to recap much. But just, just for just for uh, kicks here, um, All Out takes place last Sunday. And uh, immediately after All Out, they do the media scrum, as they call it, where Tony Khan answers kind of insider questions, yep. brings in a few talents, and sometimes it's a little in character, sometimes it's out of character, you know, kind of depending. Um, and uh, the first one he has is the new world champion, CM Punk, mm -hmm. on to talk about all things All Out. Boy, that did not go like people thought it was going to go, right? Yeah, I don't think uh, even Tony Khan expected the way that that went. No. Um, so people don't know, he basically starts off 
trashing Colt Cabana. Never saying his work name, which is kind of weird. Nobody even asked a question about it. Like, it went from, like, being a black screen to him asking the reporter if he's friends with the guy. A lot of people thought maybe there was a question before they started. But actually, come to find out, that guy's Nick Hausman, who's done some podcasts. I know he did one with Eric Bischoff a while back. Mm -hmm. I guess he's done some stuff with Colt. Like stand-up shows and stuff like that. Yeah, and maybe improv things like that. Because I guess Nick Hausman does improv. That's kind of Colt's jam. Yeah. And apparently, like, Punk tried to maybe bait him in mm-hmm. and was like, hey, are you friends with Colt? Are you friends with Scott Colton? Yeah. And I guess he was like, well, no, not really. And he's like, yeah, that makes two of us. Almost like he was waiting for something to yeah, get some type of whatever off his chest. I don't know. This, this came across very peculiar to me because I don't, I never felt like there was that much animosity between punk and everybody else but apparently that was obviously not the case yeah i mean he definitely um showed that he is not uh good buddies with everybody yeah i would say yeah i I mean put it lightly so obviously colt's been there yeah he was there before punk i think everyone kind of knew that that might be an issue Mm -hmm. to some degree and uh i know that they were really good friends at one point but now when you go through lawsuits and other things obviously that's going to change perspectives and i understand that hard to come back from that sure um, but it was one of those things where it's like, I don't, you can, you don't have to be best friends. You don't have to travel together. You don't even have to say hi to each other, Yeah. but you don't have to also be enemies. That's kind of always been my thinking. Right. Cause you don't like everybody in the locker room. You don't have to associate with everybody. Right. They haven't wrestled each other. Yeah. There hasn't been any real interaction. I don't think, I think one time punk was on commentary for a big dark order match that Colt was in and. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he mentioned his name. Probably not. So, again, probably not that big of a deal. Um, maybe if as long as you kind of tread lightly there and don't do anything too big. Anyway, so what were your thoughts when Colts, or I'm sorry, when Punk starts going off on Colt Cabana? <laughs> I mean, it just seemed batshit crazy to me because there was... It seemed totally unprovoked. Yeah, I mean, because there was... And, and the, the issue I had was it wasn't just that one statement and then left it alone. Mm-hmm. It was like he interrupted Tony to talk more about it. He interrupted like reporters to talk more about it. It's like he kept on and on and on and on. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. He also brings up the fact that I guess during discovery, which is part of the lawsuit, mm-hmm. they found out he shared a bank account with his mom. Yeah. And who gives a shit? Well, right. Obviously that's so unnecessary yeah. to, to put that out there. But my thoughts on it were completely this. As soon as he said it, I was like, He's probably helping his mom. Yes. I don't. That was the first thing I thought too. Right. Cause I'm, I know Colt was like the first independent wrestler that made money as an independent wrestler. In fact, I know a lot of people are acting like Colt was like the guy that we realized like, Hey, this is possible. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hustler and he's got all these little side things going, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that, you know, has essentially made his living off of merch tables and working any and everywhere and yeah. things of that nature. So it didn't seem, it didn't seem uncharacteristic for to me for Colt to possibly have a bank account to help his mom. Right. Right. And and so when I saw that he the way I took it was that it was like his mom pays his bills. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think that's at all what it was. No. He's got a guaranteed contract with AEW. He's like had his podcast for years. I don't know if he still does it, but I, I mean, think he like, does it on on occasion. But like the dude makes money on his own. Like he doesn't. He's need, done DVD documentaries, right. and A lot of a lot of different stuff. He doesn't need mama's money, right? 
And so, I mean, I think I thought that was a dumb, just a dumb comment to say. A very like just. I mean, because the fact of the matter is, he probably shares a bank account with his wife. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who cares? Right. It, it should. Well, that shouldn't be anyone's business. If right. you found that out through a through legal, that's one thing. But should have nothing to do with anything. Right. Yeah. Not necess- But yeah. So that whole thing was uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. Fair to say. Because Colt still works with the company. I know he's kind of been moved more to ROH, mm-hmm. but he's still with the company. And and then he starts going after the elite. Yeah. Now, we all kind of knew that there was some heat there with Adam Page over the comments he made in a promo back in May leading to Double or Nothing. Yeah. Which is ironic because when he made those comments, it in no way made me assume there was real life heat. Because I thought MJF was a little harder than that comment was. Yeah, unless I, that, for some reason, that one hit him right in the fields, I guess. And I, I didn't even register that as a, like... As a Colt Cabana thing? Yeah, because all, all that he mentioned, at least all that I've seen that he mentioned, was something about how, you know, you talk a big game about being for workers' rights, but you haven't... You've done the exact opposite since you've right. been here. But, like, I, to I, me, that doesn't make any correlation between... You know, with, with Cole Cabana. No, I took that as like you're here to help everybody out, but who have you actually helped? Right. That's how I took it. Yeah. Which is also an insult, but that's how but I took it. It's also true. Right. It's also true. And that's kind of how it seemed. And so it was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, that's kind of strange. But I also, if he got that upset by that comment, my first thought was like, that's a guilty conscience. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, if, you know, if I accused you of stealing something mm-hmm. and you did, you're going to get defensive. Of course. Right? Like, no, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't take that. What, what would you think me? Yeah. You know, like, I thought we were friends. Like, it, it kind of goes to that way. Right. If I accused you of stealing and you didn't, you're like, no, I, I didn't take that. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. Sorry. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's misplaced, but yeah, I didn't take it. Like, your reactions would be different, right? Of course. And so that's kind of how I took that. I was like, you got so defensive. Probably because you're you got a guilty conscience. You yeah. probably know like you're doing some shady behind the scenes shit. Absolutely, and that's it, kind of how it seemed to me. And and I'll be honest, I was as excited as anybody that Punk was possibly coming in. And mm-hmm. when he did debut, I was like, okay, hell yeah, this yeah. is awesome. He can he can kind of redirect and rewrite everything. And in one night, I feel like he seemingly went right back like to worse than he ever was right where people are like now it's i don't think people even want him there anymore yeah he i'm talking com- fans wrestlers everybody he completely shit on his own legacy when yeah. he did that promo that media scrum i mean like he he went from being like the guy that everybody begged to come back for seven years to now the guy that everybody wants gone mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, I mean, he completely shat on everything he worked so hard to accomplish by just that one night. Yeah. Well, and what's what's funny is he starts going after the elite, right, and saying mm-hmm. that they're basically they couldn't manage target. Which I'm like, oh, how do you know how hard it is? To I was gonna target? like when he said that, I was like, dude, retail's hard. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's tough work. But I get the insult he's throwing. Like you manage not- a target on Black Friday, brother. Let yeah. me know how you work out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially when them collectors come in for that NECA stuff. God you know? dang right. <laughs> but my my thought is when he said that, I was like, okay. Again, my opinion, this is a made-up title to make them yeah. feel important, right? Yeah. Are they actually, I mean, I'm sure they have Tony's ear to a degree, but it's probably more like, hey, we're just, you know, your EVPs, like you're kind of helping out and maybe you're. 
doing a few things behind the scenes, but it's Tony's show. I highly doubt when they're there before, like backstage before the show, I highly doubt they're in suits and ties. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're, they probably, like you said, they probably help out and do what they can. But like, I mean, I guarantee you they don't do a shit ton of paperwork. Well, I know Kenny helped out a lot backstage when he was injured, which yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that yeah. makes sense, right? He's hurt. Mm-hmm. He can't perform. But like when you're trying to have a match, you kind of have to focus on the match. Yeah. It's hard to do two things at once. I do know during the all out uh, pay-per-view, the, the, the elite won the new trios tag titles yes. from the dark order. And at one point, Kenny was walking to the camera and the camera backed up. He's like, no, no, don't back up. Follow that bitch. And he said that in the camera. And I'm like, hmm. Follow, oh, follow that. Okay, yeah. Like, I was I like, gotcha. hmm. Yeah. Who's he talking about? Yeah. And, again, this might be a controversial thing. Punk's done pretty well with AEW, mm-hmm. but I've never thought he had match of the night, ever. Do you think that there's some... I've ne- Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Like some jealousy like, there? I've never, and I feel like I've talked about this before, I've never thought his in-ring work matched the hype that he gave himself, calling himself the best in the world. Like yeah. when even in WWE, like when I would say he's probably in his prime, like he did not compare to somebody like Brian Danielson. Like no, he was nowhere near the level of that. Or Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean, or now like AJ Styles, Cesaro, guys like like Seth Rollins. So many guys can outwork CM Punk in that ring, and like so, I I've never thought he was as great as what he claimed he was. His promo work was unmatched back in the day, mm-hmm. but like yeah, I mean, I just. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Like he, and I, I don't think that he can, he could have followed them. And I bet there was a little bit of heat, you know, because he's probably thinking he's the best, you know. Well, and you have to think with him being the new champion, because he wins it from, or excuse me, from John Moxley at the end fallout, there had to have been talk of Punk and Omega, because that's kind of a dream match. Oh, yeah. No. Don't think that's happening. Though. Well, no, but I mean, not to mention, like, Mm-hmm. Omega is phenomenal in the ring. Yes. You know, so that would be a match that I would think that would expose him even more, maybe. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's that's weighing on him. Especially especially if that ever happened now. With them not <laughs> seeing eye to eye, right? I feel like Kenny would probably do his damnedest to make sure he exposed him. So it's one of those things. I, I We didn't know about the heat. It seemed, like you said, he kept bringing it up, kept bringing it up, mm-hmm. and it was just like, Geez, like what is going on here? Like to the point where it's like, it's uncomfortable. I thought, yeah, did you know? It was very uncomfortable. I felt bad for Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. I know there are situations where, like, I'm sure people have said, like, he should have stopped him, but yeah, that's that's an awkward thing. I mean, yeah, you know, like, as far as what it, to me, though, it showed the fact that Punk has zero respect for Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he's and, using him as a, as a paycheck for right. sure. And even making the statement of like, you know, the two people that made the most money off of the name CM Punk, sorry, you're not quite there yet, yeah. is Vince McMahon and Scott Colton. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was just, I don't know, man. And then saying Hangman Page has done nothing in this business, it's like the guy's a former world champion, mm-hmm. like, for the very company that you're in. Like, that is really, that's a huge dark spot for everybody that you're trying to build up, right? I, I don't know why you would... It, in comparison, what has CM Punk done for this business? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like Hangman Adam Page probably could say he's, he's still up and coming, but he's right. he's, a, he's a guy there. Yeah, and he's a, he's a big name there. And I, I feel like CM Punk has done hardly anything that isn't damaging, mm-hmm. you know, to the wrestling business. I did I did see someone 
pointed out like the tweet of the whole week was from Kevin Owens. Did you see that? Post that gif of him and Stone Cold or that picture of him and Stone Cold. Yes. Yeah. And and what was funny is I no one really got it, I guess, mm-hmm. but he was like he main evented WrestleMania with CM Punk's dream opponent. Yep. Like oof. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And I didn't I mean, I know he's friends with the Bucks. I assume probably friends with Omega. Yep. I'm sure he felt bad because I'm sure he's friends with Colt too. You know, like it's I'm sure he's probably upset that he wasn't there to help him out. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, geez, dude, like yeah. that was a shitty thing to do. Like, yeah. here's the thing: even if you don't like them, and you don't like Omega, and you don't like Cabana, was that necessary? Why would you publicly talk shit about people like that? Especially in, when you're in the same upset, damn locker room. You're upset that they seemingly did the same thing. Yeah, that's why you're upset. So you go and do the exact same thing. I don't know. I don't get that. And maybe those media scrums aren't a good idea to have immediately after. You know what I mean? Like, Well, you say let, that, but everyone else was fine. You well, have one but, issue with one person. But like, right. But like CM Punk was the first guy on, but he was also the last match. So like, I, I know I've seen you after your matches. Like, you know, you still got that adrenaline going sure. on. And so like, it, it might be one of those things. Maybe they should have saved him towards the end and let his head fucking calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that definitely wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, but then you know, I I don't know if you watch the WWE uh, media scrum where they call a press conference, I think. But I don't know if you watch that one. They had Roman Reigns on there, like right after his match, and like dude didn't say a fucking word. All he did was like got up, told him to acknowledge him, and walked out. Everybody was pretty much seemingly in character, you know. I mean, and it's like, how is that so much more professional than what AEW did? And they happen within like a day of each other. Well, so I actually, after I saw the clips, I went back and rewatched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were on. They yeah, were, and that was great. They were great. Yeah. Jericho was on. Yeah. He was great. I'm trying to think if they had any. I think that was it. They may have had one more person on. But every everyone else seemingly was like, mm-hmm. they came across well. Yeah. I think Jericho even kind of went out of character. Maybe to diffuse the heat. Yeah. Because I don't know if you saw where he actually... Tony, he said some shit went down. Some shit went down. Tony's yeah. kind of like, okay, but like that's so vague. Yeah. And there's also that clip of the security guard running when Swerve and Keith Lee are up there. So clearly it happened directly after. Yeah. Now, Punk says, if you have a you know a fucking problem with me, come to me. Yeah. They did. So they did. So now this is where it's going to get deep into the weeds. So there's so much to cover with this, right? So it's the story we've heard now, because it's been about a week, mm-hmm. well, about exactly a week since all this went down. The Young Bucks and Omega apparently go to Punk's locker room. Yeah. A scuffle happens. Yeah. We hear Punk starts throwing punches on Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. A steel is back there. Yeah. He throws a chair and hits Nick Jackson. Yeah. Right? Knocks then, him out apparently with it. Yeah. Knocked him out. Knocked him loopy. Something happened. Um, then we also hear he pulled Omega's hair and bit him. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of like flabbergasted when I read all of this. Right? Yeah. Because it's just like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um. Then, of course, now news, different news reports come in, right? Like, um, you know, they, bu- they busted down the door. That's one thing I heard, right? Where mm-hmm. they broke down the door. And I'm like, it's a arena in Chicago, one of the bigger cities in the United States. Yeah. And a bigger arena. It's going to have a metal door and a metal door frame, most yeah. likely. It's not like a, my house door. And like, also, too, they're, they, these guys ain't fucking Brian Cage or, you know, I mean, Stroman or Will somebody. Hobbs or, yeah, they're not fucking breaking down that door. That was my, like, it, number one, it's going to take a, a while yeah. unless you have, like, a police, you know. Battering ram. Yeah, to yeah. bust it down. I'm sure they knocked on it hard. They, they may have been yelling. And yeah. I think that's actually kind of justified, personally. Sure. Um, and, you know, I know Ace Steel. You yeah. know, I've, I met the guy, so I was kind of shocking to hear this, honestly. Yeah. But 
I'm trying to just be like, this is what we this is what we heard, so we'll just kind of talk about it candidly. But what were your thoughts when you heard about this scuffle and the things that supposedly went down? I mean, I I I think so. There's two sides here. Like Ace Steel and CM Punk are clearly buds. Um, so obviously, if you see your bud getting, if he was getting attacked, if you see him getting attacked, of course, you know you're going to step in. But shouldn't you step in to break up the fight? Yes. Um, I, at the same time, I I don't see. Again, I don't know any of these people fucking at all. So, like, I don't know. But I don't see Kenny Omega in the Bucks going in there to throw blows. They don't look like fighters. Yeah, they you know don't. What I mean? And Kenny Omega seems like the sweetest fucking guy in the world to I've, me. I've met him. And I've met Punk. I've met Ace, obviously. As I don't know the Bucks. And so, like, but I can't imagine them, like, going and actually looking for a fight. I feel like they probably went in there like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. like, what are you doing? You know, like, to t- actually talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so it makes, and they also went right then and there. Because yes. this is not something you wait on, not no. after that type of burial. Yeah, and so like I feel like they did the right thing by approaching him about it. I mean, I think I think it's kind of fucking bullshit that CM Punk's initial thought is to start throwing blows. Yeah, almost like he was ready to for a fight. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's one of those things. Like I, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but at the same time, like I laughed my ass off when I heard fucking Ace still bit the guy. Um, so again, more information comes out as the days go. And, you know, I know Brandon Cutler was there. Who's obviously like, he's like their camera guy for uh-huh. being elite. He's, he's a friend of theirs. Um, apparently there's rumors MJF was there. Yeah. Uh, they also got, I, I believe her name is mega Parka. I want to say, I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, but apparently she's head of AEW legal. Okay. She was with the bucks. Yeah. So they obviously t- spoke to her. So I feel like they did the smart thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, what is he doing? Like, and I don't know what her advice was, if it's necessarily legal advice or what, but maybe it was like, hey, you need to talk to him. I yeah. don't know. Uh, it seemed as though, I mean, everything's different because you don't know, but it seemed almost as though they walk in, mm-hmm. invited or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. And when they say busted in or broke the door down, like, did they or did they just, like, open the door? Probably just open the door. Because it's probably, okay, here's the thing. If it's locked, it's probably a deadbolt, yeah. right? I mean, it's not... You're not busting through that. I'm not busting through that. Like yeah. you said, Brian Cage or Will Hobbs are not busting through that. Like yeah. it's going to take, you know, a ma- I mean, even a wooden door takes the police a few tries with the battering ram to bust right. open. I mean, it's not like a false wall, like a TV set, right? right? I mean, that would be my guess. Unless he didn't have an actual locker room. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just speculating there. Maybe but- like the APA door back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could just see that. Yeah. Why don't you guys knock? <laughs> but... To me, like him throwing punches immediately to Matt Jackson was like, because that's what I had heard. Right. And then I'm sure once that happens, Nick jumps in. Yeah. Right. Of course. Ace throws the chair and I guess they go down. Now, the, another rumor we're hearing is Kenny Omega got Larry, the dog, and was trying to get him to safety. Which I can see that happening. Which it, that says more about him than anything else. Yeah. Because again, I, I feel like everything I've ever seen from Kenny Omega shows that he's like one of the sweetest guys in the world. Right. So like yeah, I can totally see him wanting to get the dog first. So he and then I guess he tries to get Ace off Nick, mm-hmm. which is when he got bit and probably his hair pulled. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things too with Ace because he's a producer. Like this is not a good look. Stupid move on his part. It, it was just it was such a shocking thing to hear. Yeah. And then you know Brandon Cutler was there. I guess Christopher Daniels was also there mm-hmm. in some. Capacity. And he's a producer, right? He's a producer, and. 
you know, I think sometimes kind of a, a talent mm-hmm. time to time, but kind of leading more to, I mean, he's older, leading yeah. more to being a producer. So anyway, and I know Christopher Daniels has known Ace since like the mid nineties when they both started. So yeah. it's not like they're unfamiliar with each other. And so anyway, it gets pulled apart after a while. And of course, when Swerve and Keith Lee were up there speaking, I guess that's when the security guard ran down there. Yeah. Cause they got wind of something going down. Um, my thought is like Nick Jackson has kids. Yep. You know, um, they were probably there. Yeah. I, I don't know that for sure, but I know that they've traveled with him several times, especially, mm-hmm. especially big shows. Yeah. So like, was it necessary? Okay, here's the thing. I'm trying to put my words as elegantly as I can. When you're in a fight with someone, there is the thought of like, this is life and death. Mm-hmm. Or this is just two friends having a scrap. Yeah. And if me and you got into a fist fight right here, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tear your eyeball out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. And I don't know if people understand what I'm trying to say is like, there's one thing to have a scrap with someone yeah. and have a fight, but without trying to like do permanent damage. Yeah. You're biting someone and throwing chairs at them. That's, that seems like very, very you're, hostile. You're wanting to kill them. Yeah, it, yep. it's it's scary. So anyway, all this happens. Tony suspends everybody, mm-hmm. including people that were just there trying to split them up. Pat Buck was another one that was there, apparently. Yeah. My thought, and I could be wrong, I don't think it's so much that he's suspending, you know, because he didn't suspend MJF, so I don't know if he was actually there or not. I'm not sure, but yeah. that was just a rumor. But, you know. Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels. I kind of wonder if it's more like, you guys need to go home until we figure this out. Not so much like punishment, but like let's let's send everybody home. Yeah, and because I guess they're doing a third party investigation into what actually happened. Yeah, and uh, Dynamite comes around on Wednesday. Tony vacates those titles, the trios title and the world title, mm-hmm. and doesn't really mention them by name, which is probably the smartest move. Yep, and um, they do a new world title tournament, and the new trios champions are going to be determined in a match that night with the Death Triangle and the best friends. Yeah. Um, I felt though like guys like John Moxley who came out and did a promo when he was supposed to be on vacation and yeah, uh, everyone else really stepped up a lot. Jericho I know was not scheduled to be there, but he ends up showing up. So AEW yep. I felt like tried to turn it into a positive, but again there was also that big thought of this is a huge work. Did you, did you think at any point that this might be a work? No, you didn't. No, I. I mean like I, and maybe maybe I just like to suspend my disbelief. You know what I mean? But like I. There's a lot of shit that I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if that's a work or not. But this this 100%, like. It seemed too. It's too real. And then the fact that he didn't mention, mention him on TV, you know. I mean, and that's not to say in eight weeks or whatever the fuck that, you know, the the elite doesn't come back and challenge for the title. And they turn it into a story. Yeah. But, like, I think at the moment, this is, like, 100% real. Because otherwise, if it was a work, it would have been on being the elite. Mm. Then in the next couple of days, because Brandon Cutler was there, you know his fucking video camera was there. And maybe not for this though. Yeah, I mean maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. Like if it was a work, yeah. If it was a work, 100 percent would have yeah. been there. Um, where do you think? Th- where do you think happens from here? Like where know. do you go? I think I think um, <clears throat> I mean I also just saw it. I think I saw it this morning or maybe last night that the Bucks actually um, put out feelers for WWE. You know I don't know when their contracts up, but like I mean I think. It's from what I understand, they have a couple of years because they uh, they're op- they have op- they had options on their deal okay. that were picked up, which is like two more <clears> years. So it's probably a little while. I don't think that that's 
even someone mentioned like sometimes a feeler is just that it's just of course gauging interest potential more money but i mean like i could see them you know sticking around i don't think tony khan wants to lose them no i don't think tony khan wants to lose them or kenny omega especially kenny omega and i would say that it would be hard to have all elite wrestling without the elite yes you've already lost one member and i would i would oh Maybe I'm wrong here, but I would almost say they, as a collective, are worth more than CM Punk. Because with CM Punk, you've maybe got like another five years max. I think especially now. Yes. He, he has become so like seemingly devalued, right? Yes. Like, so here's something somebody brought up, and I was like, man, that's a good point. You know, for seven years, all we heard on WWE was CM Punk. CM Punk, because I think people were upset that he left. Yeah, they were upset how he was treated, right? Yeah. Like seemingly, and and everything else. And so, you know, I think we all yearned for him to return to pro wrestling because it didn't seem like it was ever going to happen. Because mm-hmm. when he left, something like AEW didn't seem possible. Yeah, and I didn't think like hey, he's not going to go back to Ring of Honor. He's not going to go to TNA. He's mm-hmm. not going to go to you know New Japan probably. So, anyway, I don't see him going back to WWE. So like, what does Punk do at this point, right? Like, where does he go? What does he do? And it's one of those things where I think him coming to AEW seemed like a huge opportunity. Yeah. But if he does come back, I don't think he's going to be getting this warm reception that he used to get. Uh, you mentioned it off air, and I completely agree that he's going to be getting Cole Cabana chance everywhere he goes. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's one of the, it's kind of a sad situation, but like at the same time, you kind of earn your own hell, man. And like he, he did it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's created a a fucking hell for himself. Yeah. He really has. It's, and what's bad is like, I loved the promo that Ace did to hype up CM Punk for that title match. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was so good. Yeah. I thought that was like really for like for a one week build, they kind of told a story and it was kind of short, but it's like, that was cool. Like he hyped him up. Like, you know, you, you filled an arena on a rumor, you know, like, Mm -hmm the best in the world type of thing like that was really really cool and for this to happen coming out of that it's like man that's disappointing yeah and um i don't know man like like so if you're tony khan what do you do here i would i mean if i was tony khan i probably would have just let him go you have to right yeah now he i guess apparently he was threatening threatening legal action during all of this um but i i mean no one wants to be sued yeah but like to me Every action has a reaction. That was a reaction to his action. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. Like, him being upset that they supposedly went to the dirt sheets. And all the dirt sheet riders are like, nope, not them. Like, they didn't do that. So, like, they kind of just diffused that. I I don't know. Like, again, I feel like if if the issue was them going to the dirt sheet saying, you know, they're upset because Colt Cabana was... I guess at one point they said he was on his way out, and then they convinced... Tony to resign him and put him on ROH. Yeah. Maybe the, the thought there was that, that Punk was at fault for that. And I don't know if necessarily know if that's the case other than the fact that Cabana really wasn't doing much. Right. Well, and it also, I mean, it, it might be that Punk was inadvertently at fault for that. Maybe Colt was like, I don't want to be around him. Mm-hmm. Send me to ROH. Yeah, absolutely. It could have been 100% Colt's decision, but it's still and is, I don't think that's better now. I don't think no, he's going to want to be around him now. No, but that's still like Punk's at fault for that. You know what I mean? Because Punk is the asshole here. Mm. You know what I mean? And not to say that Colt probably doesn't have his faults, but like I think it's I, 
I've never heard C or, or Colt say anything outside of when that all that initially went down. Like I've never heard. And I don't even remember hearing him say much about it then. Mm-mm. He didn't. Um, he kind of. There was a lot there. Like I know people saw that they unfollowed each other and right. things of that nature, which I get. But but yeah. like I mean, Colt has never really spoken out about that shit, mm-hmm. and and so I think it was pretty fucking. Uh, childish of CM Punk to go and blast him without any kind of prompt to well, do it. Again, more news coming out of that. I guess people were reporting that they had heard for a couple of weeks him saying, like, this media scrum is going to be interesting. So he planned it. Right. That's that's the rumor. Yeah. So I know I had seen Dave Meltzer say that, like, he had prepared that speech and everything. Yeah. And I guess the, there was rumor that I, they thought he was baiting Nick Hausman to bring up yeah. Cabana. Yeah. Right. And he didn't. And so he kind of just is like, had to keep going. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but do you think this is a, uh, this is punk's like exit plan? Maybe he gets there. He thinks like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this company to the promised land and it's going to be number one. And I think it could, I don't know if it's like get number one, but they could get bigger for sure. Yeah. But do you think maybe like he just was like I don't like it here and is like trying to figure out his exit? Maybe I mean maybe. And this is a way be. to do it. I mean I don't know. Or it could be that maybe like he's tired of wrestling. Maybe he got back into it and was like I'm kind of too old for this shit. You know what I mean? Could be. And I mean I, I hell I don't know. I mean he's been injured twice already and he's only been back a year. Yeah, and it's always his world title matches. Right. And now he's and that's another thing we should mention. He's on the shelf. He tore yeah. his tricep apparently in that so he, match. He's suspended and out with an injury. Yeah. So it's So he's not coming back till at least six, eight months from now. Yeah. And that and I guarantee you people ain't gonna forget about this by then. No. The day he comes back, it's gonna be a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. Do you think he comes back? I hope not. You hope not? Like I you hope think not. People were saying that they think Ace will get let go based on what happened. Good. And um, that they think Punk may walk because of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope he does. I mean, it's... Now, but do you think, does that put Tony in a tough spot? Because if people are like, well, what you know, he needs to let go of the Bucks and Omega too. Because I'm like, I still don't feel like they were totally at fault for anything. They, I, and that's I, just my opinion. I don't feel like they instigated the fight. Like, I mean, this was all done by CM Punk's hand. And another thing was like, they were outnumbered. They were outnumbered. And I'm like... That's if you're in a gang fight. Like, right. I don't think that's what they were planning. Right. And if they, again, like you mentioned earlier, if they brought the legal person there, they weren't looking to throw hands. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like, they were looking to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, it's just all that was done by CM Punk's hand. And CM Punk, like I, I've always said, like before he came back, I was like, he always reminded me of that one ex-girlfriend that breaks up with you and never explains why. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, now that he's back... It's like you kind of realize that he's that toxic girlfriend that you really just need to get away from. Yeah. And it's like I I, I would be – AEW will be fine without the guy because they were fine without him before. And seemingly I don't think they could go back. No. I feel like it would be – you would be causing more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. Because in two years, who is he going to be mad at and do the same thing? Exactly. Yeah, this is going to be a reoccurring theme. So this is all kind of interconnecting, but – all Out was actually a really good show Sunday. We saw the return of MJF at the end, which, again, that's when I realized, I'm like, I don't think this is a work because, you know. He should have been putting that over. Well, and apparently he kind of it trashed him out, too. The only person he really put over was uh, Adam Cole. Yeah. Like, saying he thought he was a sweetheart. Which, but, if I was Adam Cole, I'd feel really uncomfortable about that. Sure. 
and <laughs> putting me over after all that. <laughs> but uh, MJF returns and, you know, he wins the casino ladder match, the mask on seemingly uh-huh. with the help of Stokely Hathaway and kind of a new group, which is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, some some including a formerly big cast W. Yeah. Morrissey and mm-hmm. the gun club and a few others. So yeah, it's like, boys. yeah, that's kind of cool that they're getting a new stable. Absolutely. But, you know, MJF with some heaters. I like that. And so that seemingly ends with that being the next challenger to Punk. Of course, he's hurt, so that's not really going to happen now. But mm-hmm. um, kind of a cool way to end it. And that seemingly is thrown completely under the table where no one remembers this. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, everything that happens with the Elite. And then uh, other news, Bobby Fish has now called out Punk, who doesn't like him either. And I've met Bobby Fish, and I think he's the one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. You know, not even withstanding wrestling, just a great human being. So, to me, it's kind of one of those things. Like, wow, you have heat with Bobby Fish too. Like, right. like, boy, you really pulled something off here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I've seen Bobby Fish talk shit about him for a little couple weeks now, and it's making fun of his kicks and stuff. Yeah, and so it's it's uh, one of those things where it's like I don't know much about Bobby Fish, but like you know. You say, you know, the guy, I'll take your word for it. I mean, if he's a good dude, he's a good dude. I mean, like, I, it, it's one more notch in the fact that CM Punk's kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really all it amounts to. Here's here's what I know about Bobby Fish. He used to come to some of Harley's camps mm-hmm. back in the day and was always very humble. Mm-hmm. You'd see him work, like, wow, that guy's that guy's damn good. I loved watching him in NXT. <clears throat> but we saw, we saw him work a little bit. You could tell he was seasoned. Yeah. But he was humble. And that, to me, says a lot about someone's character. Yeah. I'm not trying to prove anything. And he also is very, very much willing to help. When I was in Japan the first time, he was on that tour. And Bobby would come out to the ring. This is a little inside baseball, I guess. He came out to the ring and sat at the, uh, at the apron, which is kind of... Uh, customary for the younger talent to do to mm-hmm. watch the matches and would give me pointers from the apron while I'm in tag matches helping me out yeah simply because I was another American on the tour that to me holds a lot to his character he does yeah. not have to help me right he did because I was from Harley school and he's a good guy yeah that says a lot about someone to me yeah and so uh, you know I guess there was that they had that match on dynamite and um Punk beats Bobby with the go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't see the match. What I understand it was probably pretty good. And Bobby kind of kicks out right at three. Yeah. You could tell by Punk's face he was pissed. And um, Bobby basically explained, he's like, he gave me the Iggy, which if people don't know what that is, it's kind of a nonverbal cue in, in, in the ring. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, you have like fractions of a second to make a decision. So I thought he was telling me to kick out. Yeah. And, and I guess that was not the case. And then he said, he, he always calls him Phil. He never calls him Punk, which that might be a Cabana thing. Maybe. You know, like that's kind of my thought. And yeah. he kind of called him out like he was a total cunt backstage, I believe were the words Bobby used. <laughs> and, again, I feel like it would, Bobby Fish is such a nice guy. It would take a lot to really piss him off. So he oh, must, yeah. really, must have really been a prick to him. Yeah. And, again, mistakes happen. But he act like this is on you, man. Like, you're the one that did it, not me. Like, and so I he kicked out, thinking that that's what the plan was. They still the ref still counted three, so it was like, oh, he almost kicked out, but not in time, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's and I've had disagreements with guys in a match. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the back, you, like you said before, you let your head calm down. You're like, oh, that's my bad. This is what I thought you meant. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, no, no worries. You know, yeah. we'll do we'll do better next time. And you just kind of move on because nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. Right. People will make mistakes. But I don't know, man. Like, so you hear that, and 
Bobby Fish is obviously, you know, a very talented pro wrestler, but also a good martial artist and doesn't take too kindly to Punk's right. lack of kicking skill. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Fish is another guy that the AEW let go. Seemingly, Kyle O'Reilly had neck surgery. Adam Cole's injured. I guess they had nothing to do, nothing for him to do at the moment. So they, like, I will let you go and maybe you know, yeah, see see where things are at later. But what were your thoughts when you read all that about Bobby Fish? I mean, I thought it was funny. I mean, Bobby Fish is pretty clearly kind of a badass dude. You know, he's one of those um, those guys that like was kind of, you know, either all with the tag team or just they didn't really do much with them. Same thing happened with them in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know what that's about because I love that dude. Like, I think watching him is pretty badass. Like, he's a really good talent. And so, um, but I I don't know, hearing that and then finding out that he's been doing fucking, what is it, Muay Thai or whatever mm, it was. Kickboxing and Muay Thai. And since he was a child. And it's like, okay, yeah. Makes sense. Dude can probably kick some ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going there with the Japanese guys and holding, right. and holding his own. Yeah. And so, I I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's not surprising to me that CM Punk uh, didn't mention him in the media scrum. Yeah. You know. I mean, exactly. Right? Yeah. And I, apparently Bobby straight up called Punk out to a fight. Yeah. That doesn't seem characteristic of Bobby Fish, so you probably pissed the guy off. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't know. That just... Pretty wild, right? Absolutely, it is. I I love it though. Yeah. Uh, other news: Malachi Black has seemingly asked for his relief, which I guess release. Excuse me. He got his uh, his release, but it's like a a different type where it's like it's a like conditional release or something like that. I, I think the rumor is that they gave him a release, but I think it's like you can't go to WWE. You got a no com- non compete clause. Something to that, <laughs> and I and I think what it is is he wants he's had some personal issues, I guess, mental health, yeah, yeah, and he needs some time, which I completely get, and maybe yeah. that's what they thought like, well, he's going to go back to WWE, yeah, and so they're just trying, and maybe he's like, no, that's not it, I, you know, I need time to recharge my back, whatever it might be. I know he's had a really bad back, I guess. Mm-hmm. So if you were if you're in a bad headspace and you're hurting, it's going to be hard to. Give your best performance, yeah, I guess. And so maybe he just needs you know a few months to recharge, and then he can kind of come back and figure it out from there. Yeah. So I hope that that's ultimately that's what happens because I'm a big I'm a big Malachi Black fan. Me too, man. And and it's one of those things like with with any of these guys that I'm fans of, you just kind of want what's best for them, and you want them to be at their healthiest and at their best. You know, they need to take care of themselves. If that means that they go away for a little bit, that's you know what it is. Just be healthy. Exactly. Uh, Pat McAfee will be taking some time away from WWE to work with ESPN. They announced, uh, I guess, just a few months, probably nothing too long. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of upset by that. They really enjoy McAfee on the uh, SmackDown announced team. I love, I love Pat McAfee. I think he has uh, breathed a, a breath of new life into WWE commentary. And uh, already, I, I noticed on this week's SmackDown the commentary. Who did they use? Uh, Corey Graves. And I like Corey Graves, but like the energy and the... Um, it's just different, right? The, yeah, it's different. And the the chemistry between Pat McAfee and Michael Cole is like unmatched. I feel like we haven't seen chemistry like that since JR and the King. It just and works, right? It, it really works. And like it's with, a Gorilla and Jesse or Gorilla and yeah, Bobby, right? Yeah, and so it, with, with these two, with Corey Graves, I, I would rather see Wade Barrett Somebody else mentioned that. Like, if they're gonna, if Wade Barrett's under contract, I'd rather see him in that position mm-hmm. uh, on SmackDown because I feel like Wade could probably do better with with Michael Cole. Um, you know, I don't know, Corey. 
having Corey on everything is a little bit much, you know, for me. Yeah, I I'm a big believer that you need to kind of change things up and have different people in different places. Yeah, it's because it becomes the same thing yeah. all the time. But and not to say that Corey's not funny. Like I think Corey's funny. He's he's entertaining, but like it's 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 a little much. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Braun Strowman made his big return to Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah. I think he got new music too. Did he? He still got the. the yeah, he still got that at the beginning, but like it. That was the coolest part of his music. Oh yeah, because it just. It kind of is like a jump scare almost because it comes out of nowhere. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he looks in phenomenal shape. He's definitely in better shape. Uh, not surprising that he's back. Mm-hmm. But, man, I mean, Triple H is really bringing back a lot more talent. He is. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see who's next. What, is, what does he do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, pretty well, I mean, I don't want to spend – there's not a whole lot of time to spend on all that stuff. I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to talk about everything else. But – uh we do have a little bit of movie talk and a little bit of toy talk, so why do you say we dive into the movie talk here? Let's do it. This is Break Up and Bait Up at the Movies, yeah. This is Break Up and Bait Up at the Movies, yeah. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? See what we got now. We're going to score Bane, a little bit of TV talk. Uh, Cobra Kai Season 5 has debuted um, as of Friday. It's available on Netflix. Um, I actually just now started. I was working Saturday, which is also why we couldn't record this weekend. And so um, I'm a huge Cobra Kai fan, but I didn't want to start it till I was able to kind of binge it because yeah. it's uh, – I always tell people – I was telling some guys at work about it. They were asking me. I was like, it's like 10, 30-minute episodes. So it's basically like – a really long movie. It's a five hour long movie. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a five hour long movie, exactly. Yeah. So it's a long movie, but it's really, really good. So um, I know you're a Cobra Kai fan. You kind of came in a little late on it, but uh, you plan to watch season five? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think after this, they got one more season that they're doing, right? If I'm not that, mistaken. That's The rumor was they were going to do six, but it's so successful. I could see them maybe stretching it out. Yeah, but you know, I don't want it to go on too long. I think, I think there's something about shows nowadays. Where the thought is, let's do is let's keep doing it, and I don't know if that's always the right call. I, I think there's there's something healthy about having your your beginning and your end. Yeah, like having having a way. Like I I don't know if you've ever watched this show, uh, but there's a show called Shit's Creek. I've heard that's, of it. It's, it's it was written so well in the sense that they had an amazing start to the show, and they tied it up, put a bow on it, just perfectly mm-hmm. wrapped up all the stories just phenomenally, and I just I loved the way that show went down and so it, it was really good I, th- I feel like shows need to have that formula where they don't just drag shit out for the sake of dragging shit out but they actually just tell the story and just be done with it mm-hmm. you know because i think that that makes you know that makes the most sense i the office is one of those shows where i know a lot of people are like i, I don't even watch the last two seasons and i'm like I get the thought because of Michael leaving, but watch that last episode. And it's my so God, emotional, right? It, like it's it. If you are a fan of that show, that at last episode is a tearjerker. It is in a yeah. lot of cases. Yes. It still has its funny moments, but they do a really good job of making it all make sense. Right. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the season you kind of see behind the scenes that, Oh yeah, this is a documentary. Yeah. It's presented. It's, you know, cause it's always presented like a documentary, but you kind of forget that yeah. throughout the show. And, um, they, they do a really good job of wrapping it up. So afterwards, you're like, okay, I'm that was a great way to end it. And like they could have, I'm sure as good as it was doing, they could have done a 10th season and 11th season sure. and, and kept moving on. But do they need to? 
Yeah. You know, I think that's sometimes the, the problem is they just want shows to keep going because they're doing well, but then they start to not do well. Because yeah. there's, there's to me, there's a point where you need to be able to, when a show ends and go back and rewatch it if you want. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, I've already watched the first two episodes, but I'm excited to watch some more Cobra Kai, man. Yeah. It's great stuff. Good stuff. We got a little bit of toy talk. What do you say we uh, dive into it here? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your remain. Do a bit of toy talk. All right. couple of bits of toy talk. First up, Power Town. We talked about that a little bit last week, right? And their, uh, their new price rollout. Yeah. They're going up for pre-order September the 16th. $45 a piece uh, with bundles available. Does that mean cheaper? We don't know. Yeah. So definitely on the expensive, pricier side of things, which is kind of what we expected. Uh, but they did announce that everything will be in scale. So Vern Gagne, shortest character, would be 5'11". Mm-hmm. Brody, the tallest, at 6'8". And they showed a little diagram of everyone's height and exactly how tall that figure will be. So... I mean, they're paying attention to detail, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, that's that's one of those things. I think Mattel does that as well. It, but Mattel's been off a few times where sure. it's like certain figures came in like way too tall. Or yeah. I know they made a Vince McMahon at one point, and like the suit legs were just ridiculously long, so he was like as tall as the Undertaker. And it's right. Like, okay, what happened there? You know. Yeah. And so there's been some issues. I know Jax never did, and that's why Taker was the same size as Rey Mysterio. That was always kind of an issue. For, yeah. You know, like what the hell is this? But, um. So I guess they're paying attention to scale. So it's like, okay, that's I dig it. That's smart. Um, still a lot of money for a figure. I'm kind of curious how these do. I think either they'll sell out the first day or they just they don't. You know, we'll see what happens. I think Brody and Stan Hansen are gonna sell really well. I think Brody will probably sell out. It could. Um, I don't know if Stan will or not, but it'll probably get pretty close. Those will be the two top. I think Magnum and Kerry Von Eric will probably do pretty well too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Fez and Ganya will. And I, I think they won't do that well because you have to be a diehard historian who collects action figures. Yeah. Excuse me. So it's a very specific category. Yes. And so... And be willing to spend 45 bucks. Yes. Plus tax and shipping. Yeah. And so I think that that might be a miss for quite a few collectors, but um, I think I think they'll probably make enough money on just Brody and, and Stan, you know, the, just those two guys. I think they'll make enough to keep that line going. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So we'll uh, we'll update you the more information we find out about Power Town. And I I've heard they've signed like two hundred plus names. And mm-hmm. uh, Steve Hoker actually mentioned that he had heard that they plan to do a uh, a muscle style line. Did we mention that last week? We did. We did. Yeah. Um. So, you know, probably like a single color one inch figure. Yeah. That might be more for some people, right? A little bit oh, on the yeah. cheaper side. Yeah. Um, where you can still celebrate these legends, but get it a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Rush Collectibles. Um, they are doing the uh, Ringmasters Extreme figures, which are kind of based on the old ECW style. And, uh, you know, we've seen that they had signed Brian Myers, um, Joey Knight, Bill Alfonso. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing they have signed Sabu to do a figure with the turban on, which is actually original San Francisco toy makers plan to release that. Nice. But it never actually happened. So that's going to be kind of fun. They've also apparently signed C.W. Anderson. Oh, an ECW, cool. ECW original. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck, the Blue Meanie, and um, there might have been one more. But a, f- a few other names have signed. And so kind of cool that we're seeing more guys with that style, man. I think this yeah. is this is kind of a fun thing. You think this ca- this could be like their big deal? I mean, I know the monsters are really, really fun. 
and I'm I'm very excited for them to do Frankenstein. I think that's going to be the first one coming up. But this is kind of a cool idea too, right? It's a different type of collection. Yeah, yeah, I dig it, and I think uh, people who are ECW fans, I think, are really going to get a kick out of this. And I know, like Sal, when we talked to him on TV Toycast, he was like, "I'm I want to do ECW guys, but I also want to do other guys." Yeah, you know? and I'm like, "That's kind of cool." Like, so you can add to that collection. It's kind of like the retros in a way where it's kind of cool that you're able to add, like if you buy heels and faces from zombie, you can have Dino Bravo in right. your original Hasbro collection, which is cool. If you buy from cello, you can have a new Adam bomb or you can have, you right. know, Haku in your original Hasbro collection. They kind of all work. So I think that that's, it's kind of cool to have continuations of existing toy lines. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fun stuff. Um, I still think it would be pretty big if playmates kind of, made new characters. I know they've done a lot of yeah. re-releases, but I think if you made some new stuff, people would dig that, especially if it's in scale with that classic character. Absolutely. I think it's fun stuff, man. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Let's just plug it up. Of course, we want to throw it out uh, to our podcasting buddies, like the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to check them out every Sunday. And uh, Jeff was actually just on an episode of TV Toycast talking about the Simpsons figures. Nice. From back in the day. Kind of a fun... Fun little dive off of something different for him, which is always cool. Oh, yeah. And also check out Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Uh, we also uh, want to sh shout out Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Check them out. Oh, yeah. The uh, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. Check them out as well. The Ringside Rant with RJ. The Leisure and Lariats Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. They brought up a very... Fantastic point. And I was catching up on a podcast the other day, and I can't remember who it was that brought this up. But basically, they have a theory. You know, we've been having this issue with our roadcaster lately. They have a theory that they think old Bill Benis is behind it, and he's messing with our shit. Can you just not get rid because of that guy? Because I can't, and I wish I could, but I am having a lot of trouble. And I was like, that makes sense because he's begging me to come back and do his show, so of course he's got to come and try to wreck our show. Yeah. It's bullshit, man. It's, it's total malarkey. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it either. Boot to the face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the estate with Drew Vinsel, his wife, Caitlin, and of course the twins over there. Yeah. I check out Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Check out Trivia with Buds with our pal Ryan Buds. Howling with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf and, of course, his amazing chop shop. He just showed off some new stuff. Did you see all that? I haven't. Yeah, he's uh, he's got his new newsletter exclusives coming out. Okay. So, yeah, some, yeah. got some good stuff. We yeah. can't talk about it Check publicly, but uh, a lot of cool things on the docket from uh, Wolf's Chop Shop there. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot. Check him out. Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast with our buddy Richard and his friend Matt. Check them out as well. And, of course, we have other podcasts. You know it's fake, right, uh, with me and a special guest every Monday. Uh, the TB Toycast with me and Travis Fowler every Thursday. And then, of course, No Holds Bar with Bill Bean is currently on sabbatical, but apparently he might be coming back. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I have been having a hard time finding the motivation to actually sit down and record that shit. So uh, bear with me. It might be even later than what I thought it was going to be, but eventually I'll get that fifth season to you. <laughs> Ugh, that damn Bill Beatus. Yeah. Um, of course, also check out Outsiders Beard Co. If you got a beard or know someone's got a beard, get you some beard balm or beard oil or yeah. some candles. Yeah, we got the, I, I made, finished up the uh, last batch of candles and um, they should be ready in about two weeks. It takes about two weeks for everything to cure and be ready to go. So in about two weeks, I'll have everything up and then uh, we'll be good to go on that. So Halloween candles coming right at you. 
Absolutely. And also, all of our t-shirts can be found at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, and WhatAManeuver.net. Search by store for uh, Breaker and Mains Power Hour. And I almost want to, want to mention this. I just started a new store for... Uh, for TB Toycast over at storefrontier.com nice. forward slash TB Toycast. Um, this is not trashing Mata Maneuver. That's not that, but I'm tired of paying every time to put up a new shirt. Yep. So I found an alternative option. And uh, we have a new shirt, the Game Time Decision, which is kind of, you know, looks like a Tops logo from the baseball card days. Yep. So kind of fun and uh, awesome design from Jason Wolf. And I'm thinking about starting a Store Frontier for Power Hour because we got a lot of cool shirts. Do so. It. Um, just kind of full disclosure, pro wrestling tees is kind of slow and it's whatever. And, um, a shitty site. Yeah. Redbubble was good, but it's a cr- incredibly messy. Yeah. It's hard to find like an actual storefront. T public looks good. I like how it's laid out. They don't give you a lot of money. Yeah. And so I like everything about storefront here. Yeah. As far as your own, uh, URL, which is great. Um, the, the payouts are good mm-hmm. in, Great options, multiple colors, um, multiple different styles of items. It's all it's it's laid out very well, so I like it. So I'm uh, I'm actually looking at starting uh, one for Power Hour. I haven't done it yet, but I that might be something we do in the future. So um, if you guys get a chance, check out storefrontier.com forward slash TV Toycast. Oh yeah, and speaking of that, I've actually just opened one up for uh, my Bay Music shit too. I, I saw you you um, shared that a couple <clears throat> new designs, right? Yeah, I got the I got the new T-shirts that I was messing around with uh, not too long ago, and it's uh, got that, and then I got a couple of uh, hats on there as well, uh, both in trucker and snapback style. So awesome. check that out, and I also have my um, old uh, How I'll Make It in Bane's World actual physical CDs up there for sale if Ooh. anybody wants those. So, Old school, I like it. Yeah, so I got that stuff up there. Um, check it out. It's a shop.baymusic.com. Boom. Check it out. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker Remains Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We'll see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can't dig it. Sicker. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.